Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, everyone. I'm Deb Flaschenberg. Welcome to Yoga Birth Babies, a podcast produced by Prenatal Yoga Center. We will be diving into everything prenatal yoga, birth, and baby-related, hoping to inspire, educate, and empower you through your journey into motherhood. Thank you for listening. Hi, I'm Deb Blaschenberg, and I'm your host of Yoga Birth Babies. So today's podcast is for all those that were born between 1981 and 1996, and let's even say a little beyond. We're going to dip into that whole Gen Zer generation. So I'm talking to you, the millennial, and we're going to talk about why pregnancy and parenthood is so difficult for millennials. So to have this conversation, I have Dr. Sterling on, and she has what she calls the millennial problem. And she explains what is that millennial problem and how do we resolve that? And what are the underlying reasons for the millennial? problem. And we talk about all sorts of things from social media to stress levels, to comparison, to the overwhelm of information at your fingertips. And she gives you some concise information, some concise tips to help you digest all that. And what I find really beautiful about the conversation with Dr. Sterling is it is so heartfelt that she truly wants to offer support and help people that are feeling that strain and stress of navigating pregnancy and parenthood, she's really offering some grounding solutions. But let me tell you a little bit about Dr. Sterling. So Dr. Sterling is a board-certified OBGYN and founder of Sterling Parents, a membership site that provides the heartfelt support, expert advice, and timeless wisdom people deserve as they grow their families. After becoming a mother herself, she's discovered firsthand how little support Western medicine offers people moving through the life-altering transition into parenthood. It is a really wonderful conversation. I just found myself riveted as I was listening to her thought-provoking information. So I think you too will get a lot out of this. Now, before we get to that conversation, I just want to give you some updates about what's going on at Prenatal Yoga Center. So we've added to our on-demand library. So you can check that out. We have a few new courses on there. So we have on-demand of pretty much all of our workshops as well as some yoga classes. And then we have every day of the week, we're offering at least one live stream prenatal yoga class and twice a week, a postnatal yoga class. And then we re-release those classes throughout the day. So if you're not in our time zone or you missed the live class, you can still take class every day of the week. So no reason not to get your yoga in. And then what else is happening? We've got our teacher training. We offer that this year we're offering it. I can't believe I'm doing this for five times. So as I'm recording this, we finished our September, October. We started our November, December, and pretty soon we're going to start up our January, February. And then those two are online. And then we're back in the studio for March, April in New York City. And then we should be heading to Connecticut for 
I believe it's April, May. And at the end of May, I'll be doing a postnatal teacher training online. So if you are in the perinatal world and you want to learn our methodology, check us out. We've got a very in-depth program. You can check it all out at prenatalyogacenter.com. Okay. I think that's enough of me. We're going to take a super quick break. When we come back, please enjoy my conversation with Dr. Sterling. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, Dr. Sterling. How are you? I'm good. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. And thank you for your time. So I have been aware of you and your work, but when I started to look at your podcast and I saw the one podcast you had about pregnancy and parenthood being difficult as a millennial, I'm yeah. like, I'm all about that because I will be totally honest. I am not a millennial. I'm a touch older. So, yeah. but my students are millennials. So I thought, what a great way to better understand the needs of of the people I'm working with. But then also, I think there's so many millennials that want to know about this. But before we dive into that, yeah. I'd love to learn a little bit about you. Yeah. So I am a board certified OBGYN. I am a mom of three. I have a five-year-old. I have a two-and-a-half-year-old and I have a six-month-old. And I'm going on seven months. And I am I'm really passionate about really raising awareness and helping people with the invisible load of pregnancy and Mm -hmm. postpartum. And this, it's the kind of the emotional and physical stress uh, that comes along with the reproductive journey and becoming a a different version of yourself, you know? Mm, And um, so I, I found that my transition uh, through pregnancy and postpartum and becoming a mom was was quite challenging. And I thought, you know, with all the resources I have, all the knowledge I have, all the support I have, if it's difficult for me, then it's it's uh, really difficult for other people who don't have all the privileges and and advantages that I have. So I am here to spend my life helping people kind of relieve that stress and that invisible load. And some of a very visible load uh, from the reproductive journey. Mm. Oh, that is really, that's so selfless and so wonderful. So thank you on behalf of all those going through that journey. Thank you for, for putting that out there and for holding that space for them. Oh, of course. Yeah. So, all right, let's start jumping into the millennial stuff. So let's, yeah. so I actually had to look it up. So let's define the millennial years. Yeah, so I am an elder millennial. I, and it depends on where you like what sources you look, right? But um, I'm an elder millennial. So I um, was born in 1985. So some um, cutoffs have it, you know, the the 1980 to like the mid 80s is where it starts, mm-hmm. and then uh, stopping in the in the 90s, like the mid 90s, um, and then you have Gen Z who's starting to have babies now too, who is uh, experiencing very similar problems to the millennials. Uh, I think it's a slightly different flavor and we can get into that if you want. Yeah, but, absolutely. Um, you know, the thing about millennials is that we really came, we had a lot of um, uh, stresses at 
key transition points in our life. Uh, you know, when, if you're American 9-11, uh, the 2008 recession, credit crisis, job issue, right when we were kind of launching into adulthood. Mm-hmm. And then as we became parents, the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that we are um, a generation that is really um, searching for certainty and security. And we do that through research a lot of the times. Mm-hmm. You know, when we have questions the first thing we think is like, oh, I'll pull out your phone, get onto an internet search bar of some, on some, you know, whether it's Reddit or Google or, you know, now TikTok or YouTube or, you know, Instagram, and you're coming to my page. We are looking for information to make the best decisions. Um, but part of that problem, and I, you know, part of this problem is that there's so much information now. Mm-hmm. And uh, we go straight to that information and we don't, we don't really ask ourselves first. And so it creates this whole dynamic where we're um, kind of consuming a lot of information, but we don't really know what's in alignment for us because we're not asking ourselves. And that's a skill that takes time to, you know, to practice. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I just, I find that a lot, this is something that this happens, you know, this is things that millennials and Gen Z do before they become parents. But when you start trying to conceive, when you get into pregnancy, suddenly the stakes are a lot higher and mm-hmm. this need to know gets to, a, it, it becomes a much deeper thing. Like you're not just packing for your first trip to Europe. You are, you are trying to make decisions about trying to conceive and pregnancy. And there's another person that you care a lot about who's involved in these choices. So the stakes get higher. Yeah. And um, I just find that this, this, there's a lot of anxiety and worry and concern and the information may actually be kind of compounding some of that stress. So, yeah. So I know that I, so when I was listening to your podcast, I believe that's what you call the millennial problem, which I want to dissect a little more, but I'm curious as a elder millennial, um, how do you think being a millennial has personally impacted your pregnancy and parenting? Oh, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's very, I mean, I, I consider myself when I see the memes about millennial, it's like spot on, you know? Um, I think for me, it is a deep desire to, um, to know that I'm, at the beginning, it was to know that I'm doing the right things. Mm-hmm. Now, because I've been on this journey of really examining what that means, and I've learned um, that it needs to be the right things for me and my family. So I've been on a journey to really getting in touch with with my intuition and for, with my values and and keeping those at the center. But at the beginning of that journey, it was really wanting to know the right decision. And that that was a lot, that, that was a lot of added stress, not understanding how to get the, at the right decision for me and my family and not what everybody else says. Right. I could imagine the anxiety of wanting to do it right. And then, but there is, there is no like right way. And that, yeah. that can be hard because we yeah. just want to do all the right things and you're like, but what is the right thing? Yeah. Especially in pregnancy, because a lot of people think that there must be a right way in pregnancy. And I, I tend to, you know, I, I have, um, people ask me questions all the time. Like what's the, um, what's the right way to sleep? 
Like what's the right sleep position in pregnancy? And I'm like, that's actually, you know, if you go to some people, you read online, you're probably going to hear, oh, you need to lay on your left side. I have a much more nuanced answer to that question because there's a lot more than there is not very few things. Are there one right way to do it? Mm -hmm. Even in pregnancy. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And then I guess part of resolving some of the problem is recognizing there is not a right way. But if you've been brought up again, maybe I don't totally understand the millennial idea, but if you've been brought up to think there can be a right way, recognizing that there's not, I could see that also creating a sense of bursting a bubble and anxiety. 100%. That's, and that's why I, I'm a big fan of, um, really simplifying things for people because I don't want to burst a bubble and then not tell you how Mm -hmm. to do it in a better way. Um, so when, when there is a, I think that there's a few right ways for you, but there may not be a right way in general. Mm -hmm. But, um, I do believe that when we, when we first go to experts, like if you, if you're first, when you have a question about how you should do something or what you should do if your first, you know, uh, step is to go search online, you're, you're, you're going to end up just consuming a lot of information. You're going to, going to end up overwhelmed. So I think the first step is really to ask yourself and tap into that incredible central processing unit. That is your brain that has so much information personalized to you about you and your body. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I encourage people, if you, instead of Googling, you know, are, are headaches normal in pregnancy to figure out if your headache is normal, like ask yourself first, do I think that this headache is, you know, is, is serious? Ask yourself and get an idea. And you might think, you know, I, I'm somebody who's kind of prone to headaches and I'm pregnant. So my sense is that this is probably just, I, I'm tired and I'm not drinking enough water and pregnancy is a stress on my body. So you get some sense of like what you think first before you you go and look for information to kind of fill the gaps. Yeah, because sometimes you can go, I call it Dr. Google, it can get very scary. Yes, <laughs> so, especially with pregnancy and trying to conceive and postpartum and all absolutely. that. Absolutely. So I know that in your podcast, you called this the millennial problem. You kind of touched on it, but can you expand a little bit more yeah. of all the nuances of that? And then how does that affect pregnancy and parenting? Yeah, so the, you know, there's a few different ways to kind of look at this. The The millennial parent problem um, the way that I think of it is that there's a lot of information overwhelm first. There is, um, you know, we are so engaged in uh, information gathering in our phones, in our computers, that oftentimes we, we have a complicated relationship with our own mind and mental stillness. Mm-hmm. Um, we do, do a lot of kind of comparison to other people because, again, we're trying to do it right. And so a lot of times we're like, okay, well, what is everybody else doing? And uh, that is actually something that is uh, part of human nature. Comparison is, is a core to our human nature. It's a part, it's a, it's a survival instinct uh, in, in many ways um, because comparison allows us to, to know if we fit in with a group and human beings are safe in groups. And so we are always comparing ourselves to make sure we fit in because it's scary to be in the forest by yourself mm-hmm. um, in, at night. But if you're with, you know, five other people, you know, you're camping and it's a good time. <laughs> so we like to compare ourselves to make sure we're fitting in, make sure we're safe. 
But when you are comparing yourself to literally all of the hundreds of people on the internet, that can be uh, problematic because they're two-dimensional. You don't actually know them in real life. You don't know what their real life is. Um, and then finally, we have this, um, and I think this is kind of like the hallmark of the millennial is this pressure to do more all the time. Even when we're exhausted, we feel like we should be doing more. Um, so that is, that is really a millennial, I think that's a millennial problem. It becomes a problem in pregnancy and parenting, but I think we have it even before we become parents. Um, and then there is, um, something that I've been talking about more recently because I am seeing this also in Gen Z as well is it's basically the same thing, but it's pregnancy, what I call pregnancy associated uncertainty syndrome, which is the same in its essence, the same thing as the millennial problem, but more specific to, to what it looks like in pregnancy. And so we can talk about that if, if you want, if not, yes, yes. (laughs) I want to hear more about that. So pregnancy associated uncertainty syndrome is, is something, it is not a, it is a diagnosis that I created to describe a phenomenon that I am seeing over and over again. I saw it in my patients. I, I see it in the, the, the members that I, uh, in my community. And essentially at the core of this, um, uh, what I call pause pregnancy associated uncertainty syndrome is this deep desire to do what is right for yourself and for your baby. And that is a beautiful, beautiful thing. You want to be the best and do the best um, as a parent and as a, as a, a pregnant person. What that does is that triggers this um, desire to, to kind of learn and to research what your, the choices that you're making uh, for your pregnancy for in your parenting. And when we want to learn and we want to research and we want to know, we go um, and we, we go to, you know, the online space and we inevitably come across conflicting information, issues about trustworthiness of the information we're consuming, um, uh, you know, an overwhelm of information. And what that does then is we have this deep desire to know. We try to learn, but we get different answers and we can get some, especially in pregnancy, can some kind of scary information. And what it does is it puts us into this kind of second guessing of, well, I don't know. I didn't think that that, that source was like not totally legit, but I, I'm, what they said is scary and now I'm kind of worried about it. So we're second guessing the information and our decisions and we we end up doing, again, a lot of comparison to, okay, well, what are other people doing at their pregnancy? Um, how are other people's pregnancy going? It's different than mine. Is that okay? Um, and this whole, it's this whole mental weight of uncertainty that a lot of people are carrying through their pregnancies and they're doing frequent symptom, symptom checking online, checking frequently, is this safe online? You know, uh, worried that they have a lot of questions, but they're worried about bringing those questions to their their provider because they're worried about being that patient, right? The anxious mm-hmm. patient. They don't want to be labeled. Um, and this, it all comes from a, a combination of evolutionary pressures, a broken healthcare system, and then the information age. And it comes together and it creates this pregnancy-associated uncertainty syndrome. And uh, it's really, it's a lot of weight for people to carry. I'm finding this so interesting. So even though I'm very much a Gen X, 
I had my kids later. So mm-hmm. I'm also what we would call it. I was a, it's awful. I was called a geriatric pregnancy. Horrible, horrible name. Um, but an older mom. So while, while I'm older, I, re- I can see a lot of what you're saying has how I was pregnant and currently yeah. raising my kids. And yeah. in a way, even though my age is older, I'm raising my kids alongside millennials because oh. of that. So I'm, I'm listening to this. I'm like, I don't think it's just millennials. I think it's really where we are as a society. Totally. Raising and that's kids why I moved time. away kind of the, from the millennial name. Like I was originally, I was like, oh, this is a millennial thing because that's who was having babies, right? Right. So exactly. I just happened yeah. to have mine when most millennials were. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then, but now Gen Z is having babies and yeah. I'm, I'm on TikTok with Gen Z and they're telling me the exact same things. They're sending me the same messages. So I'm like, oh, we got to get away from calling it the millennial because then we're making people feel like, oh, there's something wrong with me. I'm not a millennial and right. I'm feeling this. So I'm like, all right, this is, so the description of the pregnancy associated uncertainty syndrome, which then becomes the parenting associate in certain days and right, it's yeah, both yeah. cause, right? Um, is very much a function of our, of our time, you know? So would you say those, it's more our society and the massive overload of information at our fingertips, that's our, the underlying reason, or do you think there's even, it goes deeper? I think it's really the combination of, of three things. So one, it's, it's, an evolutionary drive. And that's why I love that the, the acronym for this syndrome is pause. I do too. Cause I'm like, Oh, cause that's what we need to do. We need to take yeah. a pause and breathe exactly. and ground. I, I got, I was tickled by that. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the reality is, is that we, there is an evolutionary drive in us. Anytime we are, we are pregnant, we do, we, and we do anything. We eat something, we go for a run, we are upset. There's a pause in our brain that's like, is this okay? Right. And that's there for a reason. Like we want, you know, back in the days of the saber toothed tiger, like we wanted people to take that second sniff of the food to make sure it wasn't spoiled. Right. Mm-hmm. You want to think a little bit, you know what? You want to think twice when you're pregnant um, to make sure what you're doing is safe and good for you. So there is that pause that's kind of built into pregnancy uh, that is it has an evolutionary advantage to us to avoiding um, unsafe things in pregnancy. When you are in a broken healthcare system in which you do not have enough access to expertise, you don't have enough access to your OB provider. Uh, you have ten these really sh- short. 10 minute appointments. And I, I hear from people all the time, 10 minutes, I get two minutes, 10 minute appointments. And this is a function of the healthcare system. I'm not, I don't want to, I'm never bashing OB providers as individuals. Cause I was part of the system too. And it was, it sucks <laughs> on our end as well. You have these really short prenatal appointments. You don't have enough access to expertise and uh, you don't have enough real support for the real stresses and worries and concerns of pregnancy. Because remember, this was built by white men who had never been pregnant and didn't really care about women and their actual problems. So it's built to keep the pregnant body and the baby safe. But the prenatal care system was not built to actually support and take care of, you know, you and your problems. 
That's why we don't prepare people properly for, for birth and for actually why having I went a baby. With midwives, personally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And listen, I went with mid, I had midwives too. Um, the, the, some of the issue is, is that the access to midwives is not it's very challenging and it is a privilege for many. I recognize exactly, that. Exactly. Yeah. So we have broken healthcare system. So you don't have access to the expertise and the time and the, the, um, the emotional support that you need. Um, and then you have an information age. So how do we fill the gaps in our broken system? Mm-hmm. We fill it with the internet, right? And that can be beneficial, right? I actually built a support system for the, I actually fixed this problem through the internet and through an online community. However, the, the, the kind of the wild, wild west of the internet can be a very scary place. The free mom groups can be a very scary place. The Google search bar can be a, you know, can have scary information there. So, um, it, it's a, it's a, that aspect of it. Information age is a double-edged sword and you have to be careful how you patch the holes in your support system because not all of the patches are, are equal. I kind of, a lot of the patches are kind of trying to fix a, if you think of pre, the prenatal care and postnatal care system as a bridge, it's kind of like trying to use some scotch tape mm-hmm. over these gaps. Um, it's, it is not, not particularly helpful. That makes a lot of sense. And you also just explained it in a really comprehensive way. Okay, we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, let's dive a little bit more into the millennial Gen Z because I found some articles I thought that were really interesting that talked about the stress levels. All right, so we got to explore that. So we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, we're back. So as I was preparing, because you do talk about using the internet to research, which I, I love research. Um, I love evidence-based stuff. So I did find some articles and I, I, I let me see, here's my quote. Millennials and Gen Zers are two times as likely to develop high blood pressure during their first pregnancy more uh, than were baby boomers, even after accounting for their age during pregnancy. So what yeah. I'm wanting to know, and I, I don't know if you've read any of these studies, do you think that has to do with the stress levels? Because that's what I was thinking about, like oh, the pressures. So so let's talk about ways. Obviously, I'm a little, you know, I'm a little bit more of an advocate of prenatal yoga, but yeah, are there yeah, other yeah. ways to decrease the stress levels during pregnancy? Because yeah. that's not a healthy thing to carry that kind of stress load. No, definitely not. So, so yes, we not only do I think that blood pressure and 
stress and pregnancy are linked. We know that they are. We have good data that shows that stress in pregnancy, and the reality is that the research on this defines stress. Like there's so many different ways that they define it. Some of it's self-reported. Some of it is just looking at high stress jobs like uh, OBGYNs. Um, and, you know, so natural disasters, that kind of thing, uh, racism, uh, being a subject of racism. So uh, stress is kind of this big, huge umbrella term for a lot of different stuff. But yes, stress is linked to blood pressure disorders of pregnancy. It's linked to low birth weight and it's linked to preterm birth. So it's a very um, serious problem. And it's something that gets me quite fired up because I believe that the way that we currently provide pre and postnatal care is actually exacerbating the stress in people's lives. So um, I think that just understanding that uh, it is important to prioritize stress reduction the same way we talk about eating well in pregnancy. And, um, you know, obviously it goes hand in hand with, with, uh, exercise. Um, exercise is challenging in pregnancy. You know, I'm someone who's had very, very difficult pregnancies. So I always say like, there's a lot of benefit to exercise. There's large chunks of all three of my pregnancies where that was not an option for me. Is not something I was able to engage in, but I, I still believe in the data and I still promote it, even though I, I don't want it. People should not feel guilty if they are unable to, you know, be physically active. But um, one of the things that I think is really um, important about stress reduction is to understand that um, part of it is just part of the stress in life is unavoidable. Okay. So there's things like, you know, uh, we're, we're both Jewish. So there's a lot of anti-Semitism now and always. So hearing about that, um, experiencing that, you know, I had a, an incident where I experienced anti-Semitism in real life, in person myself recently. And I was like, wow, does that, you know, there's not much I can do to avoid that. You know, um, if you are, uh, a black or brown, like you are, you have stress in your life that, that I as a, as a white uh, person do not experience. So, um, there's some of it that's unavoidable. And for the unavoidable stress in life, I say you really have to, um, not carry the burden of, oh, well, you know, this stress is negatively impacting my pregnancy. It's like, we have to release that and understand that as a human being, we are, there are some sources of stress we have no control over. We don't want them. They come our way. The financial stress, the, the, you know, the, a natural disaster, like we do not control these things and thus we cannot carry the, the burden of the fact that they exist. Um, and for that, you know, engaging in, um, evidence-based, strategies to mid to kind of process that stress, I think is really important. So you talked about yoga, um, mindfulness meditation. We, um, I have a community and membership for people who are moving through the reproductive journey. We have an entire mindfulness program for this reason. Um, and you know, physical exercise therapy, all of that stuff to process the inevitable stress is really, really important. Mm -hmm. That's one side of the coin. And the other side of the coin is reducing the unnecessary sources of stress. 
And that really excites me because when we can make that a priority in our lives, it not only benefits us from a health standpoint in pregnancy, it is a game changer for us as a parent um, because we need to be, we lived such, the stress in our lives is not new. I, I was stressed about college when I was in elementary school. I was thinking about college and scores and like all of that, right? Like I'm, I'm in a, it's an American thing. A lot of it, you know, it's like, we stress our kids from young ages and like, Mm -hmm. we need to be the, we need to be the generation that says, no, I am not passing that kind of stress onto my children. Mm -hmm. And I see it already, you know, my kid, I have a, a kindergartner and I already see her taking on kind of absorbing a lot of the stress from our society. And because I've been able to process my own release of a lot of stress and pressure and all of that, I'm like, Oh girl, I, I can help you with this. Mm -hmm. I've done that myself. And now I can prevent you from absorbing that productivity stress and that, you know, be the best you can be stress, you know? So, uh, I think it's really, really powerful, uh, to, to learn stress reduction, both the inevitable and the unnecessary. I a hundred percent agree. I absolutely about the mindfulness, about the stress tools, about what we pass on to our kids. I have many times had to catch myself going into my own stressful place of anxiety about grades, et cetera, mm-hmm, and not mm-hmm. pass. Like I have to really step back and my husband happens to be a therapist who's particularly good at being like, just take a pause. Not my strength. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is something that for some, it is more in their DNA and others. We for like myself, I have to really watch myself because I know yeah. we're passing on to our kids. Like they already, I mean, this could be a whole nother conversation, what we're passing on as a society to our school age kids, but we don't yeah. need, we don't need to keep adding that stress. So thank you for highlighting that. I really appreciate yeah. that. So you talked a little bit about confidence and anxiety. Mm-hmm. Can you go a little bit more into that? Because I do feel like there is that search for how am I going to trust myself and have the confidence mm. instead of looking for outside validation. And we started to dip into that. Can you go a little more into that? Yeah. So this is what I, this is why, this is really the reason why I believe I was put on this planet. And this is the message. Our children are our soulmates. And this is a belief that functions. So I actually do believe this. Like I believe that my, these souls have come into my life and I have come into theirs, um, for a reason and for a purpose and that we are perfectly matched together. My strengths, my weaknesses, their strengths, their weaknesses, who they are, who I am are matched. And we are meant to be on this, this experience here on this earth together. Um, but I don't think that you necessarily have to have that that to me, that's a, you know, a a part of Judaism that is part of my spiritual belief, but I don't think you actually even have to believe it from a spiritual perspective, but from a practical functional perspective, it functions. And this is how it functions. When I lean in to who I am to, and when I'm in alignment with my values, when I am in alignment with my purpose and my my passion and, and everything that makes me who I am a hundred percent unapologetically me, 
When I do that, I'm in alignment with them because they are my soulmates. And uh, my job here on this planet is just to let them also be a hundred percent unapologetically themselves. Mm. And, uh, I, I, I model that to them by, by being that myself. And so that is where I get away from the right answer, the anxiety of, of checking and whatever, you know, I, there is a role for expertise. There is a role for evidence-based information. Um, I, I, I see it as a piece of the puzzle, but it's not the whole puzzle. We are the ones who get to define where we plug that in. So I encourage my community and my members to really see stress reduction and getting, you know, learning about themselves and practicing intuition as a way to get in alignment with themselves so that they can have confidence in parenting because there's no one right way to solve a parenting problem. They're just, you know, and a perfect example of that is I have a daughter who gets really stressed in the morning when she's getting ready for school. And I am not um, a very detail oriented person. I'm not, um, particularly good at details and organization. That's just not my thing, but I am really good at creating special, um, experiences and time. So I, I do, I create really great vacations and really great birthdays and stuff like that. And so when I saw her struggling with the morning time, I approached the problem, uh, that with my strengths in mind, I say, okay, I may not be great at like being super organized every morning, but I am really good at creating experiences. So how can I approach our time together every morning as if this is like a, um, a, a moment in time that I am crafting for her that's going to feel really relaxed and I'm going to create a vibe and an atmosphere just like I do at a birthday party, just, you know, like, or at, you know, when I'm having a, a dinner, when I've invited some girlfriends over, like, I love doing that. How can I bring that skill to our morning time so I can help create and that calm in her life. And that, so approaching it from that angle was like, oh, I can do that for her. Even though I'm not a detail oriented, super organized person. That's like, oh, every morning it's, you know, I have, we do this in this order. Like that's just not me. So that's an example of how, um, I believe that when I am able to support people through their reproductive journey and kind of help them relieve some stress and relieve some of that, that invisible load, I am freeing them up to be in alignment with themselves and to mm-hmm. discover themselves and to be the best parent that they, they were meant to be. That makes total sense. So they're finding their strengths and they don't need outside validation. Like this is the right way because no one's going to know their strength other than themselves. And then use that to how does that relate to me as a parent supporting my child through the struggle? And again, no one else has that information. So you can't look online for it. You have to sit with yourself and and that's hard for a lot of people. That's really hard. hard. It's a muscle. It's a muscle and you get better at it. Yes. And trust me, that's not, that's something that I had to, I went through, I'm not telling anybody to do something that I did not have to do. I had to, I, I figured it out and stumbled and, and, and came to this realization, you know, that, that me, I think that every, everything kind of happens to us in our trying to conceive journey and our pregnancy journey. I think that it's all there 
to help us become the parent we were meant to be. And yeah. so my job as an OBGYN, I looked, I, when I went through it myself, I discovered like, Hey, I actually have a much more important. I always thought of my job as like, okay, health of the, the pregnant person and the baby. That's, that's what I'm here for. And when I went through it myself, I was like, Oh, I have this whole other level of responsibility to help people kind of relieve these anxieties and these worries and these concerns because they are on this journey to developing and becoming this parent. And it's, it's this, it's this other level of the journey, right? This kind of like spiritual personal development level that like I can help people with that too. I am not going to tell you how to parent. Like that's, I'm an OBGYN. That's not my job. And also goes back to that, that stillness and that pause, because one thing we talk about being on the yoga mat is that when we're there, it's nine, our classes are 90 minutes for the most part. And that can be scary because you're really with yourself Mm -hmm. for 90 minutes, no phones, like that's a long time. And we always, I always set the end of class, like be proud of yourself because it's really vulnerable to be with yourself (laughs) and all the stuff, even though I'm leading them through a class, they're still within their own mind for 90 minutes. And that takes a lot of courage to do that. And so I think the work you're asking people, it's important, but it takes a lot of courage. Yeah. And, you know, I like to think of it this way. You know, when I talk about it, I always talk about kind of like the, the big, huge picture stuff, because that's what gets me fired up. But in a practical sense, like one of, for an example, I believe in very small, gentle growth in these, in these areas. I don't, I don't believe that holding this idea of you being this like completely intuitive, in touch, like, you know, fully actualized and realized parent, like, I don't believe holding that well, up on a pedestal. It's not a thing. No, because we're, we're, we're all works in progress. So yeah. I like to tell, I tell my members and it's, this is, we have, um, we follow our members through their entire first year of their baby's life. And we um, help them take care of themselves while also taking care of the baby. And one of the things we do is we, we say, okay, we want you, um, you know, they, they get new content every, every month, like these little bite-sized videos. And part of it is me saying, um, I want you to find a way that you can focus for the next six months on being kinder to yourself. Just one thing and be very specific. And, you know, it might be, I'm, I want to be more gentle when I look in the mirror and that's it. That's all we're focusing on for six months. And we're trying to be 2% better at that just 2% better here and there. And I find that when I allow people to, um, when I set these really small micro kind of goals, I guess you could say these, these, these intentions, when I help people set these small micro intentions that when we actually can focus on this, these small things, um, it really relieves a lot of stress. Like you don't need to be perfect right now. You don't need to be the best parent in the world right now. Like this is what your focus is, this small thing. And when we focus on the small, easily attainable, um, it, it infuses the rest of it. It, it makes the whole system better. It mm-hmm. actually is hugely, it, it moves mountains, but it's too stressful to focus on like, oh, I need to be better in all of the ways right, right now. Like, so I'm a big believer in like very small in, intention plus attention and focusing on the 2% better. 
So how do you think, since you're asking for small change, which I think is much more attainable and digestible, how do you think social media plays a role in help about that can pull people away from the small steps? They can go, they can go online and feel like, oh my gosh, I should be this kind of Mm -hmm. go back to that comparison. What do you think that, how do you think that hits the challenges? I think of social media as a tool. I think it's like a hammer, right? You can use a hammer to build a home for Habitat for Humanity. You can use a hammer to hit someone over the head. (laughs) So you have to look at it. To me, it's like, how am I using this tool? Is this tool benefiting me right now? Or is it not benefiting me me right now? And that it's not like, you know, it's, it's each moment truthfully is a, that's why mindfulness is so important, right? Being aware of what is my relationship with social media as I'm scrolling currently. It could be different five minutes from now. It could be different tomorrow. But right now, is this making me feel like sometimes you're on social media and you're like, I'm feeling seen and heard right now. Like someone is making, I am listening to someone share some wisdom and some, they're dropping some truth bombs for me. And this feels really good. And other times it's like, oh, that person's kitchen is so clean and it's so much nicer than mine. And I'm feeling like, oh God, I still haven't gotten that faucet fixed. And, and I'm feeling like I'm behind. Okay. Let's tune into that. And sometimes a lot of the time that is setting a boundary with your phone, turning it off and like saying, you know what, I'm not in a good headspace right now to be consuming that. Let me do something that feels really good. And again, focusing on small things, like what is going to make me feel 2% better right now? I like that. Yeah. I love the hammer analogy. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, what is one final tip or piece of advice you would like to offer new and expectant parents? And you've already offered so much. So just take a beat and see what pops into your mind. We'll be right back. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, we are back. So I, you are coming from so many things. You're a parent of three. You are an OBGYN. You've been leading a community of parents. So yeah. what is the one final tip you'd like to offer? Uh, to be gentle with yourself. Mm, that is nice. Yeah. That's the, the that to me, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, we have a lot of, I have a lot of um, kind of phrases that I share with my community um, because I think that they stick in people's brains uh, a lot easier. And so they can kind of like mantras that you can come back to. So one of my mantras that I share with um, people, you know, through their, their pregnancy is this reminder to be gentle with yourself. And I also have something I call the, the golden rule of pregnancy. And, you know, the old golden rule is, um, uh, treat, uh, your neighbor, like you would treat yourself. And I love that. That's, you know, from the, the Torah and, uh, but I, I think that we actually sometimes uh, treat struggle ourselves with the like opposite. we should treat our neighbor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Treat yourself like you would treat a friend. Yeah. Because sometimes we are 
the hardest on ourselves. And so that is something that I kind of weave through the, the support for my members is that, that golden rule. Remember you, you are a friend to yourself. You can be a friend to yourself. So please treat yourself like you would treat a friend. That's beautiful. All right. Where can people find all the good work that you do? Yeah. So my community for people who are moving through the reproductive journey, um, most people join when they're trying to conceive or pregnant though. We, we provide a lot of support for postpartum. So, um, you know, that's, uh, that's sterlingparents.com and, uh, our members, we call each other Sterly Pearlies. So, <laughs> uh, we are a really close knit community. Um, and we, uh, they call each other Sterly Pearlies because the idea is that we are all kind of, we're, we're in the process of being turned into pearls. Like we're taking the grit of life and we're turning ourselves into these, these pearl parents. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, we, we have, we have the best community and we have a, we just have a, you know, we have a, a database of, uh, you know, a database of resources and, and education for pregnancy and postpartum and all that stuff. Um, and then, um, I'm also on Instagram and TikTok, and my handle is the same on both of those platforms. It's at Dr. Sterling OBGYN. And, uh, yeah, that's where you can find me. But of course, I'll make sure all of that's on our show notes. I have so enjoyed chatting with you. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. This was a pleasure. This has been an episode of Yoga Birth Babies, produced by Prenatal Yoga Center. You can catch us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope. I'm Deb Flaschenberg. Thanks for listening. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.